kind of neat. Our, um, our EAL classes actually meet up here. So you're actually in the beginner classroom. So tomorrow, this room will be set up with uh, groups of four tables. And we'll have some volunteers and the beginners are in here. The intermediates are next door. And then we've got a snack and coffee area and then the advanced are in another area. So you're actually... I, w- I actually had wanted them to leave the tables. I was going to give you a little exercise, um, but it's fine. We'll leave that. Um, so I'm Julia. My husband Peter's at the back there, and um, we've been in Canada for about 24 years. Peter's a bit longer, and uh, we've done various things um, while we're here. Right now, our responsibility is, well, Peter's particular responsibility is the Panic Congregation. We did um, plant the South Congregation back in 95 when we were first married, so we spent 10 years there. And then Peter was the principal of the school here, so we came up, and then we've got more involved here. Um, my, my friend here, Kelly, when I first suggested to the church, does anybody want to help me run EAL classes? Kelly was one of the first people to come. There were 11 people that volunteered that first Sunday, and she has been amazing, amazing strength to me. And I always, whenever I do anything, I want people to come with me, because I want them to train, because I want to send her out to do the next one. And just, uh, but having somebody who... In the middle of the week, can I do anything? What, what can I do to help you? You just begin to realize, okay, there's someone here whose heart is in this as much as, as mine, but God has actually brought along quite a lot of people into the team who are like that. Um, just regarding my own background, I'm from England, I'm from Liverpool. When I was, I was a piano teacher, 25, I decided to go to Hong Kong, work with Jackie Pullinger. So I worked with drug addicts there for a year and um, learned Cantonese there. Loved the language, first experience of another culture, living cross-culturally, came home, decided I wanted to write Chinese, so studied Mandarin at university, got the opportunity to go to China and continue to study Chinese. Another cross-cultural experience, I was an immigrant again in a very different situation, the first one in a church situation, the second one in a university communist sort of situation. Came home, Peter, who was an old friend of mine, invited me to Canada and we got married. So I've lived another cross-cultural experience here for 25 years, very different. So I've lived being an immigrant as a mom, as well as a single, as well as um, on mission and just as as a university and as a teacher at the university. So I have always had this passion to help people because I can remember those first Chinese people that came to me and said, what can I do? Come to my house. Um, Can I help you learn Chinese? What can I do to help you? And it it was... protected me. Some of those people protected me from depression and fast-tracked me. So um, when we were in the South, we actually had a ministry uh, amongst EAL students and things. um, But I hadn't really done anything for quite a while. And then God began to speak again. You know, what what, what, uh, shall we do here with you here in Gateway? Do you just want to sit in the service on Sunday? Or is there something else that you could be doing? So I am just going to read this, first of all. Peter said I'm not allowed to preach. He says I preach too much. I do want you to write questions. I want you to interact with me. And, you know, my heart is to help you. If you have an idea, a thought, not necessarily EAL, but maybe evangelistically, whatever I can do, whatever we can do to talk about our experience. I have some training material there from a church in Calgary that has mentored us amazingly in what we do. So that resource is there. I told Rick Love, who does that, I would give out his stuff too because he's been such a support. And I think, I don't know if we'd have done so well without that mentorship. So I'm just going to read the sheet here. You can, just the first part. Intercultural EAL ministry, embracing all nations and creating a pathway to Jesus. 
Our hope and desire is to find as many ways as possible to introduce people to Jesus. And I hope we all know this. When people meet Jesus, their lives are changed, their theology is changed, their physical and mental health is changed, their perspective on life is changed, their hearts melt, they find healing, they find purpose, they find hope, they find meaning, they find friendship. They are most importantly given the opportunity to hear about salvation and give their lives to Jesus. Then they're released from the power of the enemy, released from the power of lies, darkness, demonic torment, family dysfunction. They find family, they find acceptance, belonging, love. They begin to understand the things that were hidden. They're freed from condemnation. They are not just told the truth. They meet the truth. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So our enemy, the Satan, God of this world, will do everything possible to stop people meeting Jesus, even if he uses theology to do that and uses the church to do that. So thinking of people coming to another country where maybe they would be open, but they haven't got the language to understand what's being shared. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful the feet of those who bring good news. So part of the English language is opening their ears so they can actually hear and understand churches that are only going to preach them in English so uh, I, I have that kind of sense in my heart when they come in and they have no English at all two years down the road they could go into our service and understand but right now they can't but because we have Jesus inside us even though they're coming for English language Every time we move into little small groups and start studying English, I believe they're meeting Jesus, but they don't realize it. And because they're meeting Jesus, there actually there's healing going on. And they're being transformed. And I think we see that on a Sunday morning as they experience friendship from Canadians where they may have felt racism during the week. They walk in here and they, they don't quite understand why, why are the five or six of you in here and eight in there just waiting to be friends with us and teach us English what is going on mm. and, and some of them to even walk through the doors of a church is extremely difficult and their friends have to persuade them you're not going to be bible bashed they're going to love you and teach you English mm. and then maybe five years down the road they'll be ready to hear about Jesus but they've actually been meeting him every week so that is my heart for this program in the New Testament, there were many stories about how people met Jesus. Some people were wanting to do it themselves. They climbed a tree like Zacchaeus. They'd do anything to try and see who Jesus was. A woman desperately wanted healing, and they'd heard, I can get healing from Jesus, so I'm going to touch him. When I worked with the heroin addicts in Hong Kong, the reason they came to the meetings was because their friends would say, if you meet Jesus, he'll make you fat, because they were all thin. They were gaunt. But they would see their friends and go, how come you are like healthy and they say oh we met Jesus and they thought they were meeting a real person when they came to the meetings they had no idea what this was and they didn't care they just wanted to look like their friends and have teeth again because their teeth had all rotten and we would take them to the dentist to get new teeth so um, Bartimaeus called out to be able to see but he couldn't see Jesus until Jesus healed his eyes and then he could see him the paralyzed man was not able to get there himself so Jesus so his friends, his friends picked up the paralyzed man and took him there. He was not strong enough to get themselves. And obviously Jesus went out and did things. 
So my heart with this ministry and our heart with this ministry is to remove obstacles and create a pathway for Jesus to be seen um, and to use as many ways as we can. Very invitational. We'll invite you to this. We'll invite you to this. You can still come to church on Sunday if you want to. Just keep coming to the language programs. Oh, we've got a Christmas feast. Oh, you can come to that. But every week you can still come for English language. We'll still keep loving you that way. So um, I'm going to just show you a quick... I wanted to share the story of how this happened. And then, like I said, I do want to hear from you if you have questions or things that you want to ask us about this uh, program. So let's just press no, press the AV one. We didn't turn it off. Mm-hmm. Pardon? There we go. All right, so just, if you can just press this. So um, in Leviticus it says, When a foreigner resides among you, do not mistreat them. The foreigners residing among you must be treated as your native-born. Love them as yourself, just like you were foreigners in Egypt. So this is the heart of what we do. We love foreign, and I'm still. The nice thing about me is I say, "Oh, I'm an immigrant." You know, I, I understand what, you, what, what it's like. So this is the EAL ministry, a ministry to serve new Canadians by teaching English as another language, providing community, helping them find jobs and housing, and helping them understand Canadian culture, and providing a pathway to Jesus. And, and the most important thing is, the, is creating an atmosphere. And I, I tried to do it a little bit when you came in, so that each of you were greeted. And, and when you walk in, when they walk in, they know there's going to be coffee and snacks. If the, if the English is a bit rough, so there's coffee and snacks, they can speak in their own language to some other people. Make people feel a million dollars as soon as they walk in. That they, We love the fact you're here and there's a refuge. And so amongst your team, you need somebody like that. Teachers sometimes are like, you know, focused on what they're going to do. Some people are administrative. But I think whenever you're going to open up something to reach unbelievers, the atmosphere is crucial. So oh, oh, you, you just, and you, it may not be you, that's okay. Just make sure, look at the bubbliest person in the congregation and get them on your team. So just stand at the door. <laughs> make them feel amazing because they may feel lousy coming here and they're scared stiff. So that's really important and that's one of the things that I think has drawn them back. Um, the, the next one. So we've kind of, one of the neat things that happens when God begins to prompt you to do something, he gives you like resources and things. Two years ago, Peter and I went to a Billy Graham conference. And I'd never been at a conference where there were other evangelists. I didn't even know I was an evangelist. I just knew that I was sitting in church thinking, this doesn't make sense to me if there's not a non-believer with me. Like, I, I listen to every church as though there's someone next to me who doesn't know it. And I kept sensing, I think I should be outside the church doing something. How do evangelists function on a Sunday morning? They have to be with unbelievers. But church often is very much towards training believers. And, and that's fine, because we need that. But evangelists will, will actually spiritually be lagging. And, and I, had, I kind of felt spiritually depressed, but I couldn't understand it, because Peter's the pastor. And I don't want to be listening to his sermon. And I'm like... Can't blame you for that. What do do I do with this passion? And so when I asked who amongst you would be willing to maybe... We didn't even know we were going to do it on a Sunday morning. I think I suddenly got 11 evangelists who had been sitting in church thinking, I don't know where... I could serve here. I could serve an usher. I I could try this. But you're going to bring in some unbelievers. You're going to make it easy for me. You're just going to give me the curriculum. I don't have to work really hard. There was this, I think something came alive. And I saw people, like Kelly, I've seen her just come alive. She's running the class. She's running things. 
I mean, I mean, it's just wonderful to see that not just her, but others come alive spiritually. And I think I, I recognized that when I was at the Billy Graham conference, and it was just exciting for me. Rick and Patty Love have developed this whole EAL program out of Calgary. They now have 300 people coming during the week to all sorts of classes. They have um, what we call settlement program. They have over 100 people on a Sunday morning who are not believers coming and using the Bible to learn English. From that, they have 40 people who regularly go into Alpha and are getting saved and baptized. Now, this is 12 years on, but I stayed with them. I went and watched them, and then Rick would mentor me. After every class I'd, or every other class, I'd Skype him and say, this is what happened, I don't know, and someone didn't come back, you know, what have we done? And he would just train us. So the mentorship of that program has been tremendously helpful to me, and they had created all the curriculum. So I just bought the curriculum, and it was like, we can start. Spiritual pro- so you have that transitional, the Bridges program that we're going to be starting mid-November. So we've done nearly two years of classes with no spiritual content, which was very hard for people here. They're like, it's on Sunday, you should be using the Bible, why aren't you teaching using the Bible? But I'm like, because then they won't come back. They're not coming for the Bible, they don't even know they need to know Jesus yet. They just want to be loved and learn English. So, but now, we did a pilot Bridges at Easter, and 15 of them came. So I feel like we've just got to keep the net big. Keep having these classes for as many people to come and then invite them to the spiritual programming. So I don't know how it's going to go. We're going to do five of them. And then the spiritual programming from then, they can choose to come to Alpha and then maybe go into the service on a Sunday morning. It's up to them. But at least they'll know people now when they go to church. They know 30 volunteers quite well. So it's a friendly place for them. Do you want to do the next? So this was our... Um, the other opening to the church that I had, that Ron had asked me, there's loads of Russians coming. How about we start translating the service into Russian for them? Now, Irina is an evangelist and passionate and a very good translator. So that was actually an opening three years before EAL started. Started to gather some Russians. And now we are also translating into French. So this is another entry point. People can come at 9 o'clock and hear the service in French right now. They have been able to do Russian and then come up to the classes afterwards. So that may be for people who are more spiritually interested, but it's just another way. Um, because I said, well, right now, nobody who speaks, only speaks French or Russian or loads of languages cannot hear the gospel here. They could go to a French church, but if God wants them part of us, we have to find a way. Um, so that's something else that we do. Anyway, quick thing. this was our first ever class two years ago, multi-level. There were 11 volunteers and only 10 students, I think. But it was one-on-one, so they liked it. Um, we didn't really know exactly what we were doing. We'd present a topic for 15 minutes, and then we'd break up into little groups. And so then as soon as you do that, you, see this, you hear this hub of conversation and friendship happening. Um, so we continued, but then we realized... I was producing seven sorts of curriculum for one class because I'd have one person who hadn't written, one person who'd been here two days, someone who'd been here three years, someone who wanted advance. So I'm like, okay, I need all this curriculum. So we'd have the same topic, but different groups would do different levels. It just was quite difficult. So then somebody offered, said, look, I'll, I'll run an, a beginner class. So now they came up, and I think it was this time last year we opened this classroom, and we have just beginner material. Again, we have a variety, but because we have a number of volunteers, we can adapt the material. And then we have intermediate 
This is our intermediate class next door. And the neat thing was that we suddenly realised families could come because a mother and a father will be at a different level and maybe they've got a teenager. So the father could be in here, the mother could be in here, but they would meet together at snack time. So it's still community happening. And just um, Again, it depends on how many volunteers you have, but people would say to me, I can't do this. I've never done Tessel. I don't know how to do it. I'd say, don't. You'd just be friendly. If you speak English and you're friendly, you'll probably be fine. And I'd say, no pressure. Come once. They'd come once, and I knew I'd got them. Because <laughs> they wanted to come back. They, they, they loved it. So that's how the volunteering grew. It wasn't like, come sign up for 10 weeks. It's like, try once. Let me take your hand. Sit with another volunteer. Let's make this easy for you and let's see what's going on, what happens. Um, and then just last, we realized there was a whole group that said, This isn't difficult enough. We've got to get jobs in our own careers that we had at home. It's not good. So we need advanced. So we just have started this advanced and we're learning how to do it we st- because it's more teacher based. And then some of them said, mm, We like the small group though. So they want the grammar, they want that, but they said, but actually, we're really just coming for friendship and community. We want to be stretched, but please give us the small groups as well. So we're going to have to have more than two teachers in there, probably. So that's something kind of new happening. Um, what's the next one? And one thing oh, yeah, to allow them, too, is to go back and forth. So, for instance, if they thought, oh, maybe I'm creative, maybe I need more grammar, and then they realize, oh, well, actually, I just need to know how to use that grammar. Mm-hmm. I, I know what a verb is, I know what, but I don't know how to string it all together in a sentence. Then they come back and we allow them the flexibility to go back and forth, which is good. They're not stuck in no. something that's not helping them. And it's completely drop-in. And this is something Rick said, don't start doing registration because their lives change. If you say you can only have 30 students, five of them might move to <laughs> Windsor, Ontario, and you don't know. So it's completely drop-in. They can come when they can come. And, and you know, so gradually the classes grew so that we started with 11, it went up to about 25, and then last year we started with 25, and then by the summer there was 50 coming. And it's the most exciting thing. Church has become missional. I, we stand at the top of the stairs, we have no idea who's coming. And we think, Lord, what are you going to do with this one? And I don't know when... But they're touching the church community and then I'm watching leadership happen amongst my volunteers. You know, the lady who's running the, the advanced class never taught a class ever. That's <laughs> grammar class. So what does she do? She's trained in Tesla all summer. The Russian volunteer who's been translating into Russian in Safeway suddenly thought, you know, Lord, I love Tesla. She trained in Tesla. She's now a full-time Tesla teacher in the city. So it's, it's, I'm thinking job creation for you. And some of the students have found jobs, which has been lovely because Kelly advocated for one of them for 25 minutes at the University of Manitoba to say, this woman's good, you've got to take her. She advocated, advocated, advocated. And this woman hadn't found a job for three years, but because Kelly knew her and knew fundamentally she would be good, this woman is earning more than Kelly. <laughs> but that's what we can do. We can advocate and fast track them. Or they'll say... I'm a beekeep- I was a beekeeper in Ukraine, and I'm like, I know a beekeeper in the church. I go and find them during the service, come up and meet my student. Or I want to be a bookkeeper. There's 500 people there. Who, someone's going to be a bookkeeper. Let's connect them, help them. Um, so anyway, this was a Christmas party that we had, just lots of fun. Again, I get lots of help from Calgary. I say, what do I do? Give me your stuff. He gives me games. He gives me things to help. Um, uh, just again building community but we sang Christmas carols 
So we did something spiritual, felt like we could do something, and we talked about the Christmas story, and we invited them to a feast. Is there anything? And even if you start small, yeah. um, there's a lot of things online. Like uh, the Immigration Center downtown gives free classes once a year, and I learned so much from that. I, I have my Bachelor of Education, but I didn't know how to approach you know, Tesla or, or anything like that, and they, they totally school you in that, and then they give you all these resources online so that you can actually make your own stuff and put together a class if you can't afford to buy into a, a curriculum. Yeah, good. And, and we were unusual. I mean, Gateway has a history, a 35-year history of reaching the nations. We'd had 15 years of 24-7 prayer, we have a pastor and a leadership fully behind it. Ron would come up nearly every class to meet the students. Peter will come up. The pastors are very involved. I feel very privileged because Rick will say, normally it's just four or five students for the first year. Don't, so don't, it, it was, this, was be, this has been unusual. And I still don't know. Maybe it will dip. Maybe it will be, a, you know. But it doesn't really matter because you don't know how key one of those people are. This was just a barbecue at the end um, of the session. Yi Lin actually did become a Christian after about two months. And God has used him and he's being trained. He, he saved two people from suicide over the summer who were going to be jumping off bridges. God used him. And we kind of wondered what was going on because his first night in Canada when he arrived in Vancouver, he missed his flight. The chaplain at the airport allowed him to sleep in the chapel. So we're like... God's kind of got his hand on this man, but God brought him to us. So we've, this is, again, very small. We've just had one or two saved right now, I'm hoping, you know, for more in the future. Um, we launched a Bridges class. We just did one of them at Easter, just to see, are they going to be interested in using the Bible as their text? It's still mainly language and grammar. It's curriculum from Calgary. Peter taught it, and you can just see we're using the words, but there were quite a lot that were interested to come. And I think they just knew there wasn't a regular class and they still wanted to come back and thought, well, we're <laughs> so maybe I can come to this and, and you know. So that's that. Um, is there any more? So this is where we were by the, the end of last summer and one of the things I love to do, I sometimes cry when I look at it, but these are the lists of students that have come to our class. Some of them only ever come once. In fact, the norm is, Rick said from Cal, the norm is they may only come once. But if you do it enough times, you begin to build. So don't get discouraged if they don't come back. But I just think, Lord, these are people to you who may never have walked into a church if there hadn't been a program that was relevant to them. And, it, and for, for some of you, or even for me in the future, it might not be EAL, it might be a fitness you know, we're going to try and open a chess club because then they don't need language to be good at it and be at an equal sort of level. Um, whatever we can do to open doors for people to connect with us as a body. And I think even though it's good to go out, there is something about people coming into a church and meeting God's people, um, but feeling safe when they do that. So, yeah, if you want to... And this was the group of volunteers by last summer... Um, but people are excited about it. I have five more training tomorrow. Just going to sit and see. A lot of them are retired people. No, like I said, no Tesla training. But I, I'm as excited for the volunteers, really, as I am for the students. To see what, what's God going to birth in you. Um, so that's kind of the nature of the program. Um, 
invitational. We just make fun invites for every different kind of class we do. <laughs> so they all look like this. Um, so we tried four on a, sun, a Tuesday night for advanced. We tried four in the, near the location where we're moving. Just like three or four came. It didn't kind of work. Um, we, we started classes in our South congregation. Um, and my hope is that as we move to Colesbeck and there, maybe Kelly, we don't know, she can launch the ones there and then we'll start new ones over in West St. Paul. So my heart is <laughs> multiplication, training of volunteers, and, 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 but not throwing them on their own, saying, okay, I'm going to do this with you, I'm going to show you, and I'm going to help you, I'm going to make this as easy as possible to volunteer. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of... I'm wondering if there's any questions. I kind of just wanted to share that with you. I'm obviously very excited about it, and I'm excited about helping other people to get going too, if they want to. Yes? So how do immigrants find out about... How do they connect Good. We were lucky we had some immigrants here already, some who were already Christians. So I take these invitations <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Libraries, Safeway, wherever they'll let me put them. You do get some that way. We encourage people at church to give them out. Yi Lin, the Chinese man, he was just in a repair, volunteering in a, in a repair cycle shop, and someone heard his English and said, oh, it's training the congregation to say, if you have a friend or you hear someone, give them a card, invite them, we'll look after them. And the neat thing is they can drop them off, we look after them, they go to church, and they can take them home again. But the biggest... We have huge numbers of Slavic, Russian, Polish, because we have an evangelistic... <laughs> He puts it out on Facebook. Polish, Russian, a lot of Jewish, Israeli people coming because it went out on Facebook. Calgary used big billboards actually outside their church that are not the church sign. They rent big church signs, other signs, so it doesn't look like it's necessarily a church program. I think you just have to find it. I think if you do it every week, that's the thing, you get known. And then the other place was I contacted all the English language programs that the government run in this area and asked them. And I went into some and just gave out invites. Okay. Is there, um, like, do you have to have some kind of connection or oversight from the government? Like, is there a tie-in, tie or is it you're, you're just free to just set up, like, okay, you don't have to be connected with some kind of EAL program or... I think it's very helpful to have mentorship with another program that's already running. Yes. But, yeah. yeah. And in future, there may be grants available because uh, some of the government programs have stopped. So yep. there may be grants available for churches in the future. We just don't want to be limited and being told that we can't do exactly. something. So you have well, to be yeah, careful. Yeah. Any other questions? So no Christy at all? Christy App, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she started something in, she, I know she's working out, out of Steinbach. And yeah, yeah this, year, this year it's just on pause a little bit because she's, she's coming into Winnipeg. But we were doing a, just a ladies Friday morning, yeah. bring your kids, coffee time, where she would teach just a little bit, just a couple of right. things, and then it was mostly conversation. Sure. And we too had like five volunteers and four ladies, but that's awesome. It's awesome. Well, Donnell and Christy joined us in the South when we planted in the South, so they were part of us. So I was so excited to hear what she was doing. And yeah. I love that the, um, like there's a, a Russian lady who's always talking about Jesus with the Muslim. So it's not coming from us, right. it's coming from the other students. Yeah. And they're just sharing. 
One, one of the things, the key things, I think, for it to work well is just not to, so that's really good. Again, for what Rick said is whatever you offer, that's what you do. So if you offer English language and culture, that's what the class is. Don't try and sneak something in to make them feel like, hey, I, I didn't want to come to a Bible class. I wanted to come to an English class. So whatever you advertise the class, be authentic, which is why we've done lots and lots of this settlement. But now you can choose to come to a Bible class and learn about the Bible. So I would, I would suggest that, that you don't sneak in. If it comes in the general conversation, that's fine. And, and when, you know, but generally I try and encourage people. It's hard when they're evangelists. So like some of them are just waiting for the bridges and I'll go, yeah, 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 okay. But it's still pre-evangelistic. When they go into Alpha, you just do whatever you want. But when they're in bridges, they're, the things they're thinking, you don't really want to necessarily correct them. You just keep giving them the Bible and like giving them truth so that they feel respected and, and then the, the alpha will be when you just... And because they know you're a part of a church, yeah. uh, often they'll, as they feel that spirit of God and the, the community and the warmth, and you might throw a few things in, like on a bingo game, we, one of the bingo questions was, believes in God, and if they believe they could sign. You know, just little things. Uh, when we talked about Christmas, obviously we told the story of, you know, the origins of Christmas, that Jesus' birth. And so they know that we are interested and that that's what we're about, but, you know, if they have questions, they can come to us, right? They'll say, you know, well, what is your church like? And some of them will come and they'll, you'll see them kind of hanging around the door, listening to the worship thing, and then that Spirit of God draws them. And I think just praying and asking God to just, A lot of them, they they have experience in, in cooking. They don't know what a spatula is called. They don't know what a wooden spoon is called. They don't know. So, you know, we had all these articles and we just we showed them. We talked about, you know, cooking and practical things, you know, just, um, uh, what's another example? Well, tomorrow I'm doing the fall, so I'm going to bring in a yeah. rake and different things that they can actually physically touch. But the I words. think fall, the words for, uh, you know, harvest, you know, just all these things, just basic. And then we usually stick to maybe, we get maybe 10 target words up there and we stick to those so that we're not bringing too much in. We keep yeah, it simple. That's, that's been a problem. We had to try to cover too many yeah. things and then next week we can come back and have forgotten everything. Well, I know we're going to have to finish in a minute, but what I'm just going to show you is what made it really easy for us. This is the curriculum from Calgary. I'm so busy, I te was teaching piano full-time. I didn't have time, really. And then here they're 12 years on in Calgary. 
They are, and both her, Patty Love and Rick Love are MAs in English language teaching and everything. So they've produced incredible curriculum that just does all the topics, tells you what to get ready. It has the, um, if you, you have a handout that you give to each of your little, your volunteers and the students and you work through questions. The questions get harder as you get through. You may only get through the first question. But all the material is there. It's a handout they can take out. This is material that I, we register with the ESL library online. We pay like $55 a year. Thousands of lessons. I literally just go on and print one off, and this is for the beginner class. Okay, so I just, sometimes I was correlating what we were doing in there. They're, they're just great. They have all the pictures. They have the words. You can print out the big pictures, and then we just put them on the board so they can see them. And then, again, because you have volunteers working with small groups... If, I mean, obviously you may not have that at the beginning, but um, they can adapt what they're teaching to, to the material, and the students seem to do really well with this. So I, I do try and make it easy for them. And, and if you want, this, if you want, there's two things I want to sh- just give to you. This is the um, Love New Canadians, which is the organization out of Calgary. This tells you a little bit about them. If you ever want support from them or you want to buy their curriculum, it's not expensive, really. You can take one of these and contact him. Contact me. If you take one of my invites there, it's got our email address. But also, next Saturday, I'm actually doing a training here for volunteers, our volunteers, but I don't know if you know the organization Chai. Organization Chai. That's an organization that meets downtown. Some of their workers are coming. So I'm going to be just talking about 15 minutes about the program. We have another of our volunteers who's going to talk about all the issues of immigrants in the city right now, the refugees. But then Rick Love is Skyping in the whole morning, and he's going to do two hours of training for us on how to run small groups, how this operates, how to run a bridges program, and basically what's happened with them over 12 years. They've tried everything, and everything hasn't worked but they just keep trying and they keep opening it. And now they are regularly seeing salvations. And he says it's the fact that it was weekly, you know, four or five years, they hardly saw anything. It wasn't like, well, is there a salvation this week? You know, it's like five years on and suddenly, he said, I've, I've just baptized two Iranians. He said, I, I can't believe it, you know. But it's taken time. Um, so I think that's, I want to encourage you in that. It may not all happen all at once, but um, it's, it's lovely just to watch evangelists also come alive. I Any other questions? She's going to read one thing to you, I think, unless you have... Well, what time are we stopping? In, in the past, people had to translate the scriptures, go to a mission field, uh, learn a, a mother tongue, and what's happening now is an amazing twist. God has brought hundreds of thousands of students across thousands of miles and of sand and sea who are rather desperate to study and be communicated to in English. It's almost like the grace of God. Mm. Maybe maybe we weren't willing enough to go to those harvest fields, so he brought them to us. Mm-hmm. It's just the amazing grace of God. And people um, have been running ESL classes in church basements uh, and seeing fruit eventually. They use the Bible as, um, as a textbook mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, it's happening a lot, and I, I wish we knew numbers, etc., because it just may be, you know, a plan of God to, 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 to bring people through. Yeah. And I know Ron mentioned about the Uyghur man that he befriended on the plane. 
Well, his mother came for three months and spent every Sunday here <laughs> in the beginner class with us, learning English. It's extraordinary. I'm like, how, how did this happen? You know, how you knit people together. And so, uh, yeah, can I just pray for you guys? Because I don't, I don't have time, but I'm going to be around if you want to talk. Um, Lord, you do extraordinary things with ordinary people. And you know, even for me personally, I kind of languished for 10 years. I didn't know how to function. But Lord, you've opened this up. And, and what a blessing it's been to see the volunteers come alive, the students come alive, and to have tremendous support from the leadership. But I pray for each one here, Lord. Whatever you have on your heart, it's all about you. It's your work, and you will direct us how we're supposed to do it. As we come against the enemy and break ground for your kingdom, I pray, Lord, for teams, for groups, for encouragement. And I pray for excitement as well about the possibilities, not just of EAL, but other ways that we can open up our churches to make the doorway so easy for the unchurched and the unbeliever to come and be with us and that they would then meet Jesus and be saved. So I just bless these people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.